Good morning. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Sunday morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Kelsey Parker. And whether this is your first time or you've always been with us, welcome. We'll be celebrating Holy Communion this morning, so hopefully you received one of these cups on your way in. Um, If not, feel free to wander back and grab one at any point that feels comfortable to you. Um, And for those of you at home, please take a moment and gather your bread, wine, or grape juice um, so it will be ready following the sermon today. As we experience Holy Communion this morning, even though we may not be in the same room, may you experience Jesus still bringing us together and building us up through his body and blood. A few announcements for today. Uh, We're hosting a Red Cross blood drive here at church tomorrow, Monday, and we've switched the times a little to accommodate our revised VBS schedule, and the blood drive's going to run from 9 to 3. Generally in the summer, their appointments are lower, and unfortunately the need for blood is not. Uh, There's a crucial need. So if you would consider making an appointment for tomorrow, they would welcome you to be there. You can go to redcrossblood.org and search for blood drives um, near our zip code, 48315, and you'll find us listed there. And right now they're actually accepting walk-ins. All donors that come to the drive will receive a $10 e-gift card to a merchant of your choice and be automatically entered for a chance to win gas for a year. Yes! Which says here is a $6,000 value, but could be a higher value. You never know. On August 28th, we will be having our church picnic with an outdoor worship service at 11 o'clock, followed by um, some games, fun, fellowship. We'll have a giant water slide that people of all ages would probably enjoy. I think Mark went down the last time we had a giant water slide. It's it's challenging. (laughs) I went once and never again. Uh, but um, there will It's not the same one, so you'll have to try this one. Okay, well, I'll think about I think it. They call this one the Towering Terror. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Uh, Please come and join us. We'll also uh, be enjoying lunch from the Fed Up Food Truck, which is a food truck ministry from Southeast Michigan Synod uh, that provides um, free and affordable meal options for people in Southeast Michigan. They'll be coming. uh, Pastor Anna Taylor McCants, who envisioned and runs that ministry, will be preaching for us and uh, telling us all about that amazing ministry, and we'll get to experience it firsthand. Please don't forget, we are hoping that everyone will fill out a time and talent opportunity form either online at koklc.org. You can find it on our front page in a bright yellow bar that you click on. Or there are also printed copies in the lobby if you prefer to do things with pen to paper. Uh, We want to know where we can contact you to serve and use your gifts. Uh, We're in this time of in-pandemic, post-pandemic, not sure pandemic, and we want to continue to build this church and and rebuild and welcome people in through our doors, and we need you to do that. So please consider filling that out. Uh, God's Work Our Hands is collecting school supplies. If you would like to see uh, where you can bring school supplies to give, they have a flyer out in the Holy Grounds area asking you to provide the things that they need. They're donating them to local children so that those who cannot buy school supplies will have school supplies. 
VBS starts tonight, and it's not too late to register if you go online to our website or uh, just walk in at 6 o'clock tonight and register on paper. We would love to have your grandkids, your neighbors, your friends invite kids of all ages. Finally, we are blessed to have a sermon this morning from one of our seminarians, Stephanie Newman. Uh, this is her, going to be her last Sunday with us for a while. She's beginning her nine-month internship at Abiding Presence in Rochester Hills tomorrow, starting tomorrow. Uh, that is the final piece, along with a few classes of her seminary journey. And this time next year, she may be ordained and serving in a congregation, which would be such a wonderful gift. So we thank her for preaching for us. And please stay after service to visit with her and wish her well. We have cookies that will be uh, provided that you can grab in a little individual cup and just nourish your soul in conversation and nourish your sweet tooth with some great cookies. For any who of you who are visiting for the first time today, please stop by our welcome table in the lobby and we'd like to properly welcome you with a gift. Good morning. Let us pray. Creator God, we thank you for today and the blessings that we have in our lives. We ask that you would come in and amongst us, calm our hearts and our minds. Help us to put aside all the things that are clamoring for our attention right now. And let us take a breath. And focus in on you. We ask that you would be with us. And let us hear what you would have us to hear today. In your name, amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Again, as Pastor Kelsey said, uh, my name is Stephanie, and I am one of your seminarians, along with Matthew Jewell. And I just want to say a big thank you uh, to this congregation for the support uh, that you've shown us financially, spiritually, emotionally, uh, as we've been on this journey. So thank you for that. Um, I'm going to jump right into Ephesians 2 this morning. And uh, just so you know, poor Kevin back there will probably have to fast forward <laughs> through part of it because Ephesians 2 is a fabulous chapter and there's 22 verses and I could read it all and I don't have to because there's just so much to cover. So starting with Ephesians 2, 1 through 4 and then fast forwarding to 8. You were dead through the trespasses and sin in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work amongst those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly paces of Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This is where Kevin's going to not like me. Verse 14, <laughs> for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one, broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with his commandments and ordinances so that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body. And the last verse, Kevin, in him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. Built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The word of the Lord. Well, dear friends, grace and peace to you from the God who formed us, from the Savior who redeemed you, and from the Holy Spirit who calls you each by name. So this chapter, there is so much there, isn't it? And I feel like you could do a six-part sermon series just on Ephesians 2. But as Kelsey told you, I don't have that kind of time. This is my last day. And so you get sort of a 10-course meal from me this morning, scripturally. <laughs> um, and someday maybe I will do a, a sermon series but I feel like today, when we ask, what does this scripture talk about? The answer would be everything. The first ten verses of this scripture are the panorama of our salvation. It talks about our past, our present, and our future. So the first part, and I'm going to give you sort of an abbreviated thing before I go into what I feel the Spirit has led on my heart to talk about today. The first part tells us about our past, especially as Christians. Verse 1 says, you were dead through trespasses in which you once lived. You were dead. We are literally the walking dead without Christ. You know that zombie movie, right? Ah. Kelsey will attest to my love for post-apocalyptic movies. <laughs> but it's a little graphic for Sunday morning, so we'll move on. But can you picture that? We are literally dead. Then comes verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of great love for us, even though we were dead, made us alive again together in Christ. That tells us our present. We were dead, but God. And this isn't my main point today, but those of you who have watched me preach before know I always have a little mini-sermon within my sermon. Because I, I love that part, but God. And I feel like somebody here needs to hear that today. Think of all the but gods in scripture. Jonah ran away from God, right? But God saved him anyways. And he fulfilled his purpose. Joseph was mistreated by his brothers, sold into slavery. But God had a purpose. Genesis 50 says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Psalm 73, my flesh 
talks about death not having the final word, right? My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength of my heart and my portion forever. I could go on and on, even with scriptural references. The point is when life seems like there's no hope, but God comes in. Friends, no matter where you are today or what you're going through, there is a but God in your life. Can you hear it? Grab on to that promise. I want you to remember those words. When you're exhausted and you can't go on, but God is with you, just like Joseph. Theologian Martin Lloyd-Jones says that in those two words, but God, is the whole gospel of Christ. So the first part of Ephesians is what we are saved from, death, the walking dead, remember? Then I believe it talks about what we are saved by, grace, in verse 7, for by grace you are saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, not that anyone should boast. But moving on, what are we saved for? And that's what I think the Spirit wants me to talk about today. What are we saved for, friends? Why, why does God save us? Besides the fact that it brings him joy, and he, there's a part of the scripture that says love. He loves us so much that he did this. But in verse 10, it talks about our purpose. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. That's the most important part, our way of life. This is supposed to be our future. We talked about our past. We talk about our present. This is our future. Well, our immediate future anyways. We know what our ultimate future is, right? The promise of life after death with God, our creator. And after all this exciting buildup this morning, I'm finally going to get to the point of what I think we're supposed to learn today. God gave us this mercy. We received this grace. And now we are called to not only accept it and live in this grace abundant, but to go forth and walk in love. And when we walk in that love, we are called to live in that love and pass it along. This is one of the things I love about being a Christian, specifically a Lutheran, is this what we call freedom of a Christian, right? We're freed up. We don't have to worry about our salvation. It is assured. But he talks about, Martin Luther, about how we are lords of all as Christians. We own the earth, subject to none, and simultaneously we are bound to the neighbor. So we're not so free after all. We're free. But it's not a punishment. You see, if we're doing it right, we are compelled to do good works. Not for show, not for brownie points in heaven, but because we truly live in God's good grace and love and get filled up to the point that it overflows. It flows from God into us so abundantly that we, we can't help but spill out and over out of us onto others. Whew! That's exciting. If you haven't read Freedom of a Christian by Martin Luther, you should do so. If you thought you had an awesome church before... You will really get it. You will understand that we are saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, a gift that we should not keep to ourselves, that we should pass unto others because we are commissioned, right? Go ye therefore 
and make disciples of all nations. And I believe that you can do that by example. People want to know what is so different about that person. Live that love. And you, and you say it's hard sometimes, right? I know it is. It's hard to love our fellow humans, especially through our differences. But let's look at verse 14 again. For he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one. Verse 15 says, one new humanity in place of two. There are no longer two sides, friends. No right or left. No Republican or Democrat. No this or that, whatever it is. One in Christ. And I believe wholeheartedly that we are called to be one body of Christ today. One body. Many parts, of course. We each have our own thing. But we work together, not against each other. And I want to challenge you to think about what does that mean here at King of Kings? We get so busy in our own lives sometimes, shooting for personal goals, trying to get more stuff, to get more money, to get more stuff, more cars, more houses. And geez, hear me when I say, there's nothing wrong with those things. But I also want to gently remind you that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It is so easy in the rat race of this life to forget what we are here for. We try to fit God into this nice little hour time slot on Sunday, and then we go about our busy lives. Friends, our God, it says in Scripture, is a jealous God. In a good way. Passionate for you. So passionate that he sent his only son to die on a cross to pay the price of our sin. So deep that he longs to spend time in fellowship with you. This morning, I believe we are called to make God the center of everything. And what does that mean? I think we need to get busy doing what I said earlier. Verse 10 talks about what are we created for? What is supposed to be our way of life? And I love the reminder from Penny last week that while we are on earth, we need to be actively waiting. What are we doing otherwise? Filling up our lives with busyness and stuff, and stuff doesn't fill us up. This consumerism leaves us feeling empty, but God fills us up. You hear it all the time. Life is short. What are we doing with it? This precious life that we have been given, I want you to think about where your focus is. Instead of stuff, can we make God our treasure? Can we put our hearts in God's hands? Give it over completely to Christ today. It's already apparent we can trust God with our everything. And just point of clarification, I am not asking you to get saved today. (laughs) When I ask you to give your full heart to Christ, friends, you are promised your salvation already. That's not what I'm talking about. We are talking about instead a switch of perspective, the way we look at the world. Instead of God being an afterthought or a thing we just do on Sunday in church, God becomes our true north, our focus point, that all other things align around, like the planets around the sun, right? 
So what does that mean? What are we asked to do today? What am I asking you to think about today? I believe that God is asking us to do three things as a church today. To answer the call of what we are saved for. We are truly here to be God's hands and feet. So these three things, are you ready? I'm asking you to recommit to God. Not to salvation. (laughs) Recommit to God. Recommit to prayer. And recommit to each other. First, recommitting to God, what does that mean? I believe it means the shift in focus that I'm talking about, putting, putting God first in all things. Make God and the Word, a.k.a. the Bible, first, your treasure. Think about what it means to you, and it doesn't have to be a lot. You can commit a small time. It could be a five minutes in the Word. It could be the Scripture of the day. Trust me, there's an app for that. Keep it simple. Do one of the devotionals that are in the book out there. Psalm 119 says, Thy word is a light unto my path. Literally guiding us. We need the word in our lives or we're just stumbling around in the dark. Amen? And then the second thing, do you guys, did you all get a little piece of paper on the way in? Or maybe Nancy can make sure everybody has a piece of paper. Wave the papers at me if you have one. If you don't have one, raise your hand and Miss Nancy and Pastor Kelsey will be awesome enough to get you a paper. The second is, can we recommit to prayer? See, friends, I believe prayer changes things. I am not kidding you. Simple things even. My car wouldn't start last week for 45 minutes. My son said, dear God, please let the car start. And I turned the ignition and it did. (laughs) Do what you want with that. Prayer changes things. So in a moment, I want us to just take a quiet second for ourselves. That's hard for me. (laughs) Take a deep breath. And I want you to think about, first of all, your own prayer life. Not to write on this. What can you do in your own prayer life for five minutes a day or more, whatever you think? If you're already praying for five minutes, maybe you want to up it. Pray for your family before meals. Pray with your kids before bed. Pray before you get in the car for a safe journey. Let God know. God is constantly in your thoughts. Pray for justice in a world that doesn't have a lot of it. Here's a biggie. Pray for your church. Pray for your church leaders, church council, church staff, church pastors who beautifully shepherded you through a pandemic over the last two years. The first first pandemic in over 100 years. There's not an instruction manual for these things. But our pastors need our prayers. And we need to pray for each other. So that's what this little piece of paper is about. On the paper, you don't have to write your name. We're going to turn these in. It's not a homework assignment. You're not going to fail or pass. I want you to think about how you'll pray. One request you have for yourself. One thing that's on your heart that you want to pray about. That you would reach out to God about. And I want you to give someone else the opportunity to do that for you. So right now, something that's on your heart, you don't have to put a name unless you want to. Right now, let's just take a minute and write a prayer request you have down. 
on that piece of paper. If you're online, you can email the church office your prayer requests, and I'll pray for you. And I think this is an opportunity for us to be vulnerable with God and trust God with our hearts. I'm going to start. My prayer request is that you pray for my children. This is a hard time to be a child in this society. And my child needs prayers for her emotional health and her mental well-being. That's vulnerability with God. God already knows, folks. Friends, God knows your cares, your worries, your heart's desires. So write down on that piece of paper right now. And when you're done, hold it up, and the ushers are going to come grab it. And I want you to watch. Watch for God. Pray and watch God change the world and your life. Watch out for those but gods I talked about earlier to pop up. At the end of the service, there'll be a little basket here, and I would ask that you would consider taking one of those slips of paper and lifting up one of your fellow members here in prayer. Take that prayer request to God for them. Thank you for doing that. Does everybody turn theirs in? Okay. Point three, and this is my last point. I really do think that we need to recommit to each other in the church. This is important. We, yes, we need to recommit to our fellow humanity and society, but also as a community of faith, this is an exciting opportunity. And when I felt the Spirit tugging on my heart to talk about this today, I was like, ooh, I can't say that. I don't want them to think that I think you're failing in this. That's not it. You haven't missed the mark. This church is incredible. But we can recommit to each other constantly and get better and better and better. This is an exciting opportunity for us to create at King of Kings what we envision to be our body of Christ. A dynamic, energized, faithful, prayerful, active body of Christ to create a different reality in the world around us. To create what it says in verse um, 10, I believe it was, it says we are built together spiritually. To put it in another way, Acts 2.42 says the early Christians continuously devoted themselves to fellowship. The word fellowship in Greek is koinonia. I love that word. Which means to have in common or to share And those who are united with Christ, as those who are united with Christ, we are to share the life of Christ with one another in a way that results in individual and corporate growth. That's what God wants for us. This is accomplished through the exchange of God's love and truth, which, and service, which is called ministry, really, right? This is what God wants for us. This koinonia is viewed in the New Testament is really not optional. It's what God has for us as a church. We are called to it. So in recommitting to each other, we have this amazing opportunity to plug in. And really when I was thinking about doing this sermon and going, ooh, I don't want to, I looked online and there was this time and talent survey 
right on the website. And I thought, that is a nod from God that this is what I'm supposed to talk about. So I ask if you would prayerfully consider filling that out today. Go home today and pray about that time and talent survey on the King of Kings website, how you're going to get involved with the church. And if you don't see anything on there that applies to you in the last comment line where it asks for your profession or whatever, and you have an idea of how you could get involved, just type it in there. So do you see why I could do like a whole six-week sermon (laughs) on this verse? Dear church, I've tossed a lot your way this morning. Again, it's probably like a 10-course meal. And I'm sure sometimes the things we talk about can feel a little overwhelming when we're talking about stuff that can literally change the world. But friends, we don't have to change the world. The Spirit will work through us. I believe that. All we have to do is shift our focus and put Christ at our center and let the Spirit move. If we do this, we will continue to walk in the grace that is given to us as a gift, and we will naturally live in love. Dear church, go forth and change the world. We become what we believe, and I believe in this church. I believe this church will continue to radically change the world around us. Let's pray, shall we? Creator God, We thank you for this scripture today and the time to dive into it. It's a reminder of our past in sin and death, our present saved through grace, and our future called to serve you and live in love. We ask you, Lord, that you would bless this community and bestow on it a deep sense of love and care for one another, that it's just amazing and indescribable. We ask that you would be with the folks at King of Kings, and I will miss them. We pray for its leadership, its members, its visitors. Meet each one where they are today. Lord, use us as the church to change the world for you, to be active in our waiting with you as a center. We can't go wrong. Spirit, guide us to our most, next most faithful steps. We thank you for our many blessings and ask that you would shift toward our, help us shift our focus toward you and keep you at the center. We recommit to you, to prayer, and to one another. And be with all that need that but God today. You know who is out there in need. Be with them and let them know you are with them through all their difficulties that life may throw with them. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Please stand as you are able. The Spirit of the Lord is poured out upon us in abundance, so we're bold to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. For each prayer, we'll move through each petition in sort of a a topical way, and we will have a time of silence after I lift the first sentence and petition up. And if you have prayers that fall into that category that you would like to say aloud, names, places, situations, the prayers of your heart, 
or if you whisper them in the silence of your heart and mind, use that space to lift those prayers before God. And after that quiet moment, I'll say, Lord, in your mercy, and we all as a community say, hear our prayer. Let's pray. Gracious God, we lift up and we pray for all of your children across the world. More houses. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for creation and this beautiful world that you've gifted us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those whom are overlooked and oppressed, knowing from your word that wherever they may be found, you are in their midst. Marginalized. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are sick, grieving, or in need of healing in mind, body, or spirit. The Polancos, the Pardo family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for ourselves and for specific things that are happening in our personal lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Since we have such a great hope in your promises, O God, we do lift these and all of our prayers to you in confidence and faith as we now pray the prayer that your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I invite you to be seated as we enter into our time of communion around the Lord's table. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. This is the blood of Christ shed for you.
People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. And all of God's children say, amen. Finally, I want to thank you on behalf of King of Kings, our staff, and our leadership for your financial support. None of our ministries and the amazing work that God has planned for our community through King of Kings is possible without that help. The offering buckets are available in our sanctuary on your way out, and you can give on our website, koklc.org, by clicking on the Give Today tab. Please know that every little bit makes a difference, and we are so grateful that we can care for each other and for God's people in the world. So thank you for being a blessing. Uh, we would like to close before our final song. We would like to give Stephanie a blessing and a prayer as she begins her internship. So if you'd meet me in the front here, we'll do that now. The scriptures are filled with stories of people who've been called to move to new places. Abraham and Sarah, Mary and Joseph, Paul and Barnabas, Priscilla and Aquila, Filled with uncertainty about what lay ahead, these people of God could not have found their moves easy. Yet they were also filled with excitement, trusting that God was calling them and guiding them to a new place. And now our beloved friends, the Harris Newmans, are preparing to leave us and go to a new place, a new home, and a new church. As a part of this body of Christ over the past years, you have given of yourself abundantly. You've been involved in justice work, teaching, music, prayer, connections, phone calls, Bible studies, and so much more. We ask God's blessing upon you as we lift our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, for you have created the wide and wonderful world in which we live. We praise you for your constant care for those who've trusted you in ages past, who journeyed in faith to new lands of promise, we trust that now you will hold Stephanie, Kim, Harper, and Ethan securely in your hands as they too follow your call to a new place. May they take with them hearts filled with your love and grace that those with whom they live and work may see in them the face of Jesus Christ. Bless them that they may be a blessing. Guide them to a new church home where they may grow, continue to grow in grace. Shower your spirit upon Stephanie in her learning and her growth and her goal of ordination in your church. In spirit and in truth, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Stephanie, Ethan, may God's blessings be yours. Let's give her a round of applause. Please grab a prayer slip on your way out as Stephanie encouraged us to do so to take with your week and stick around for some cookies and conversation as we send Stephanie on her way. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.